Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. We are missing out on one of the greatest blessings in life because we've just settled in and are content with just making it to heaven, just crossing the finish line. But God's got much more in store. Life doesn't have to be boring while we're down here just to passing through. We can win a soul for the kingdom of God. There are a lot of people that want to be used by God, that desire God to use them. And I stand here today and I preach to you, here is your opportunity. Win a lost soul. Become friends with an outcast. Let there be a spirit of Philip in this church because you and I have the bread of life. Amen. The Bible says the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and, and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Follow me. Now, Philip was a Bethsaida. I am it, Brother Rice, it feels like it might be in a, like an echo. Now, Philip was of Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter. And then verse 45 says, Philip finds Nathanael and says unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I love that. He goes and he finds his friend and he says, We have found him. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Amen. And I just want to speak to us for the next little bit on this title, Friend of a Follower. Friend of a Follower. And you may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, it looks like super good in here this morning. I know the youth class is down with us this morning. Uh, but man, thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Where are my, um, where are my routine people at today? Routine. Like, the, like we love our schedules. We love our routine. If Easton was in here, his hand would be up. Man, he loves schedules. Um, and, and I'm not opposed to routine. I like routine. And it's really, I find myself in this life when I'm very aggravated, it's when I'm out of routine. You know, when I'm not in rhythm of what's going on in life. I like my routine. I hate ruts, but I like routine, if that makes sense today. Um, but in this life, there is one thing that is certain, and that is things change, Right? Things change. And as consumers, uh, we are now constantly um, connected. Uh, I read a, a, a statistic that said over 2 billion of us have 24-7 access to the Internet. And globally, more people have mobile phones than access to electricity or clean drinking water. I'm trying to figure out how they're charging their phones. <laughs> I don't know. 
But we are now broadcasters with a, with a choice of instant communication channels at our fingertips. And as a result, we have become more demanding, expecting faster and faster responses. And, and I hate to break it to you, the world is not slowing down at all. And uh, if you have a smartphone, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have a dumb phone, we will pray for you in the altar this morning. Um, but for those of us that have a, a, a smartphone, we are, we are well aware at the, the information that is at our fingertips. We literally hold the universe right here and put it right in our front pocket. Um, society has, has tried their best because the world is changing at such a rapid pace, society has tried to come up with ways to be as up-to-date as possible, um, to remain in the know, to know exactly what's going on, to know what's going on out in California or New York or wherever it is. We have that access now to know immediately when it was happening. I received an alert on my phone this morning uh, that... that President Trump had retweeted something. Like immediately I got the notification that, hey, this just happened. And that's what we're doing as a society. We're trying to remain in the know. So we have developed certain social media networks to help us keep up with this changing of times. You see, 20 years ago, if you wanted to find out about how your family was doing down in Texas, uh, what you would do is you would write them this thing called a letter, <laughs> right? And it involved a, an, an ink pen, uh, a piece of paper, an envelope, and a stamp. You might know what I'm talking about, okay? And then you would take that thing and you would place it into what's called a mailbox, and, and then you would have to wait two or three weeks until you found out what was going on with Aunt Betty, okay? That's just what the world was. But today, we have social media. You can be up in somebody's business as much as you want to be. You can know what's going on right now. And I was thinking about this. Social media has really taken away the element of surprise, you no longer go over to a friend's house and say, hey, guess what? They're like, I already know. I already know what's going on. You posted about it 30 minutes ago. I already know. We already know. Twitter is probably one of my, one of my favorites, and um, it's uh, another social media platform that is out there. And for those of you who don't know or haven't matured in Christ yet, um, Twitter is a, is a social network <laughs> that was created back in 2006. Shout out to 2006 when, whenever words like bling and you got served. Those were words and phrases that we used back then. Nowadays, we say things like lit and sick and bay and whatever. I don't, you know, I can't even keep up with the phrases. But I remember joining Twitter uh, back in 2009. That was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And the big thing was, and still is, how many followers you could get, how many people you could get to follow you. And I remember it being a big deal when I reached 50, and then I remember it being a big deal when I reached 100, and now that is kind of my ceiling. I'm at 100 people who follow me, so I just kind of put that plug out there to, um, you know, 
look me up. Uh, but that was the big deal, how many followers you had. And, and following someone on Twitter simply meant it, that you were subscribing to their tweets or their messages so that you could receive them and, and read them in, in your feed. And if you want to know what a particular user is tweeting in real time, you, you follow that person. You become a follower. And then whenever you log into your account, their comments will show up in your feed along with those others that you have chosen to follow. And my question for us this morning is, is how many followers do you have? Who is following you? Who's following you? You know, someone once said that if you're out in front and you turn around and you call yourself a leader and there was no one following you, then you're not a leader. And, and here's where we're going this morning. I believe that all of us in here, we have influence. We all have potential to influence people. You see, control over our lives is something that we all want. We all want control, right? Okay, we all want to be in control. We all want the control. But in a universe in which everything is mutually interdependent, none of us has, uh, has absolute control over anything, including much of the time ourselves. Rather, what we all have in abundance is influence. The power of which seems to function linearly. The closer personally and physically others are to us, the greater our influence is over them and vice versa. Even more interestingly, unlike our attempts to control, our attempts to influence don't require our conscious intent, which is why our ability to influence others is so much more important than our ability to control them, uh, or, or our ability to influence others is so much more important than our ability to control them. We're always exerting influence simply by being who we are, saying what we say, and doing what we do. How many know that we have eyes that are upon us? We have a circle. We have a group. We have people. We have coworkers. We have children. We have friends that see us. And you and I possess the power of influence. You see, the only real choice we have in the matter is whether or not the influence we exert is good or bad. But all of us have influence. Say, I have influence. And what is so awesome about the text that we read is that this is the first time that Jesus would utter these words, follow me. He was in the midst of choosing his disciples, and he had two that had begun to follow him already. You had Andrew, and you had another disciple. But he didn't ask them to follow him. They just kept showing up. They wouldn't leave him alone. They just, everywhere that Jesus went, there they were. When Jesus went into town, they went into town. When Jesus was at his home, they were at his home. They just always kept showing up. Anybody know anybody like that? They just keep showing up. Like you look out your window, there they are. They're just standing out there waiting for you to come outside. <laughs> Moving on. Um, you'll never read where Jesus turned and said, I've chosen you, come and follow me. No, not to these men. The first person that Jesus would use these words to was, 
the, use the words follow me to was Philip. It was Philip. It was very intentional. You read the story. It wasn't a random thing. The Bible says that Jesus went to Galilee and found Philip. It was, he was searching. He was looking. He was after this man named Philip. And I asked myself, why did he choose this man to be the first person that he would ever hear the words, follow me? Why was it, why was it Philip? Did he have great hair? Did he wear nice shoes? Was he muscular? What do you think, says Joanne? <laughs> what was it about this man? And I think the answer is found in the next verse because it says that Philip immediately, after Jesus found him, the next verse says that Philip goes out and he finds Nathaniel. And he says, you've got to come with me. I'm going to follow Jesus now. I'm going to become a Jesus follower. And we have found the man. And you've got to come and you've got to find him too. And you need to follow him too. You see, Philip's value was found in his willingness to share Jesus Christ with his friends. Yes. When the invitation came to Philip... To follow Jesus, he didn't become mightier than thou. He didn't become all of a sudden righteous and get this bad spirit that says, I'm going to forget about all you little people. I'm moving on to bigger and better things. I'm going to follow this man named Jesus. That's not what Philip did. But there was something in his heart that said, I'm going to follow Jesus. But Jesus, I hope you don't mind. I've got to bring somebody with me. I've got a friend and I want to be a part of everything you have in store and I want him to be a part of it as well oh I pray that we would have a heart like Philip one that says it's not just about me this following Jesus stuff is not just for me but it's for whosoever will and I have a friend I have a relative I have a co-worker that needs him just as much as I do Church, listen to me. Your transformation was not just for the sake of you, but it was also for the sake of others. Yes. Philip immediately goes and finds his friend. He says, Jesus, can I, can I bring someone along? Can I... Have somebody else come with me. And I love the response. Jesus looks back at Philip and he says, Do I mind if you bring someone along? Why do you think I chose you in the first place? He says, Philip, I didn't find you just so just you can go to heaven. I didn't find you just so you could be blessed and you could have a better life. That's not the reason. I didn't invite you just so you could have me. I didn't find you just so you could sit on a pew and go to church and call yourself a Christian. But the whole intent, my purpose for finding you and inviting you is because I knew that you would go and find others. I knew you wouldn't keep it to yourself. I knew you would choose to share it with others and that's why I decided to 
find you. Church, we are missing out on one of the greatest blessings in life because we've just settled in and are content with just making it to heaven, just crossing the finish line. But God's got much more in store. Life doesn't have to be boring while we're down here just to passing through. We can win a soul for the kingdom of God. We can win somebody. Philip, the scripture said, had a friend named Nathaniel. And he got him to begin to follow Jesus. Now, it wasn't an easy process. Jesus, Philip said, you came and found me. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to find somebody else. And I'm going to get them to follow you. And he goes and he finds Nathaniel. Just like Jesus found him, he found his friend. It was hard work. He had to go through some things. Let me tell you, winning people, it's not just an easy thing. It's, not, it's, it's a hard thing sometimes. And a lot of times, I think we could be very lackadaisical, for lack of better terms, with this whole process and we think sometimes, well, I invited them and, and they didn't come. And a lot of times that sinks our ship just a little bit. But church, it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more work involved with finding people. There's a little bit more work involved. We can't, I wish it was as easy as putting a church sign out on the front main road and, and all of a sudden people would just begin to come. But we can't just do that. We can't put a sign on the road and say, I hope you find Jesus. That's not a Enough. The most powerful way that people will begin to follow him is not because they encounter him. You know what it is? Because many of them are turned off by religion. They are fed up with religion. They are tired of religion. They have heard it all. They have heard it explained. They have seen the lives of quote unquote Christians and they are sick of it. They don't care about church and they don't know what they need. They have an idea of what church is and who Jesus is. And they, frankly, they are not interested. But when somebody becomes a friend and they use that friendship as leverage to get people to follow them as they are following him, that's one of the most effective types of, uh, of evangelism that there is. Follow me as I follow Christ. All of us in here today are here because we chose to follow somebody that was following Jesus Christ. We were looking at somebody. We were influenced by somebody. It all led us to Jesus, and he's ultimately the one that makes the change. But it was that connection that we had. That's right. It's that relationship. Yes. He said, I'm going to find my friend. I won't follow Jesus alone. And my prayer is that we take up that spirit of Philip. God, help us not to be content with just sitting on a pew and, and going through the motions and keeping it all to ourselves. God, help us not to be content just to go to heaven, but help us to understand that you found us, that you sought after us. You came because we were lost and you found us and you went through the trouble to find me so that I can do the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. 
so that I can go and I can find. Now, the cool thing about this story is the next day, here comes Jesus to where both men are, Philip and Nathaniel. And Jesus looks at Nathaniel and he says, Behold, an Israelite indeed, of whom is no guile. And Nathaniel, who does not know Jesus, he looks at Jesus and says, How do you know me? How do you know me? And this is what's amazing. Jesus said this. He said, I knew you before your friend came and called you. He says, I watched you under the fig tree. In other words, what he was saying was, I had you in mind when I talked to Philip about following me. He said, I knew that the only way I could get to you is if I got your friend to start following me. Does anybody see how the Lord begins to operate in the lives of people? And if your friend would follow me, then I could get you to follow me. I want you to think about with me for a moment. Think about the people that you are connected to. The people that you are friends with on social media. Or the friends that you work with or just hang out with. I'm here to tell you Jesus sees them under the fig tree. He sees them in their sin and out doing some crazy things he sees them about to commit suicide and he sees them and he says the only way that I could ever reach them I know they hate the thought of church I know they hate religion and they've been hurt by people but if I can get a friend if I can get a friend if I can get a friend if I can get a Philip in their life that's how I can win them would you clap your hands unto the Lord today That's how I can change their life. That's how I can get a hold of their heart. Philip introduced Nathaniel to Jesus. He said, man, you've got to come. You've got to meet this man. We have found him. And I want you to notice that Nathaniel, he didn't want to come. He didn't want to come. He wasn't interested. And Philip basically says, then just, then just come for me. Then just come and see. Come for me. Come for me. Just do this for me. You know there are people that come to church not because they want to hear the preacher, not because they want to hear the choir, not because they like the music. They come because they like you. They like you. They come, Brother Bishop, because you're a cool guy. They come because they like you. They come. And so that's one way to win souls. You say, I know you don't like church. I know you've seen it all. I know you've experienced it all. But would you just come for me? Would you just come for me? And you see, God, He does some funny things. <laughs> he does some funny things. 
You know exactly what's going to happen when your friend comes to church. You know exactly they're going to come, they're going to plop down and sit on a pew. They're not going to be engaged in the service. They're going to look uninterested. And then all of a sudden, there's a shift in the service. There's a shift in the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, people are going to begin to shout and they're going to begin to dance. I remember my first time in a Pentecostal service and they would start singing some song going up to the high places and I knew that somebody was getting ready to run. I knew that somebody was getting ready to squeal. That's the best way I could call it is, is just shout like a shout I've never heard. That's what happens. There's a shift in the service and all of a sudden they begin to shout and they begin to dance and Brother Bishop's going to take off and run the aisle. Notice I said aisle, not aisles, because we just have one aisle here. He's going to run the aisle. You know that's going to happen when you bring a visitor, when you bring a friend. But there is something in the spirit world that begins to happen. And I believe it literally attracts those lost people. The Bible says this, you'll receive power when? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he says this, after the Holy Ghost come and you shall be what? My witnesses. I've come to this conclusion that this world is interested in something that is real. In something that is not counterfeit. Okay? They're not interested in the fake. Me and Mallory were laughing about this just the other day. I, uh, I don't know about you, but I know a little bit of something about fakeness. I know about the phony. I know all about it. Real Coca-Cola was something that my brothers and I dreamed about. Yeah. Yeah, we could only dream about it growing up. Real Coke was something that the cool kids got. We grew up on Sam's Choice Cola. Come on, somebody. Dr. Thunder and Mountain Lightning. I know about the fake. Okay? I didn't know what a box of cereal was until I was 12 years old. We grew up on bags of cereal. Okay? It wasn't Fruit Loops. It was Fruity Rings. Okay? It wasn't Cheerios. It was Happy-Os. Okay? I know what I'm talking about when we talk about fake and we talk about phony. My parents love the Walmart, y'all. They love the Walmart, y'all. Trying to save a dollar. We got five kids in the house. We gotta, you got to save some money when you got five kids in the house. I know what I'm talking about when I say fake, but listen to me today. People are not interested anymore in fake religion. They are not interested. They are not interested in what is fake. I don't believe they're interested in dead, dry services. They're not interested in off-brand church services. They just want to be real. They want you to be real. They want a real experience with God. And this is how it attracts people. This is how it's done. We can't just turn on the lights and say, hope you make it to heaven. But we got to have a real atmosphere. We got to have a real move of God in our services and somebody said amen to that real real 
It's not just, hey, our doors are unlocked. I hope people come. No, 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 no. They will come, but we've got to be able to be real and have a real move of God. This is what attracts people. This is how it's done. Amen. You become a friend. You're a follower. He found you. Now your job is to go and find others. Your job is to go and be a real follower of Jesus Christ. People say, well, I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to push it on them. Here's the thing, church. Here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. You have the answer. You have, you're holding in your hands, in your heart, in your soul, in your life. You have the answer. We are blessed. We have the truth. We have found Jesus, the one true living God. We have found life more abundantly, the light of the world, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. What do you mean just keep it to yourself? It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's for whosoever will. John chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus is in the wilderness. And there are some starving people who have run out of food. And Jesus does not ask for any of the other disciples. It says that Jesus lifted up his eyes and he saw the great company come unto him. And he turned and he said... Unto Philip. Unto Philip. He knew there was something in Philip that was different from other men. The other disciples wanted to send them away, but Philip said, if I just had 200 pennies worth of bread, I could feed the multitude. I could give every one of them food. As our music comes this morning... You see, he had something in him that he just wanted to share the bread of life. And Philip wanted to do it for everybody. For everybody. He wasn't just content to follow Jesus and be blessed and have a better life. He said, I've got to get everybody I can to let them have a taste of the bread of life. And Jesus looks at him and he says, I could use a guy like that. I could use a heart like that. There are a lot of people that want to be used by God, that desire God to use them. And I stand here today and I preach to you, here is your opportunity. Win a lost soul. Become friends with an outcast. Let there be a spirit of Philip in this church because you and I have the bread of life. Church, we have the answer. We know him by name. If you've been baptized in his name, his name is applied to your life. You have the answer. When you look at Philip, you see in John chapter 12, Jesus enters Jerusalem and there was a group of Greeks there. And they were there to celebrate the Passover. They didn't even know who Jesus was. These people 
who are of a different religion they said we desire sir please please let us see Jesus and here is the great introducer Philip and he takes them he's the right guy for the job Philip said oh you don't know who Jesus is you don't know who he is let me introduce you to him you see it didn't matter that they were of a different faith it didn't matter that others thought they didn't belong Philip understood that that's how he used to be Philip used to not belong Philip was an outsider looking in he was the one who wasn't supposed to be there but he didn't let religion get so a hold of him that it stopped him from sharing Jesus church don't you ever forget that we are here to spread the gospel we are here to join ourselves to people and to get them to follow him as we follow him Would you stand with me here this morning? In 2019, don't forget our job. There's a sports franchise that has become legendary and has cemented themselves into sports history as being a very winning team, a very winning organization. One of the slogans that they share with one another, one of their themes for who they are, what they do, what they represent, how they go about their business. That phrase is this, do your job. Do your job. Do your job over and over again in practice. Do your job in the game. Do your job outside of work do your job basically do what you're supposed to do everybody and the and the jobs were different the duties are different the way they 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 practice uh, each part of the team is different what they do but the goal is the same that is to win the game church in 2019 the goal is souls souls is still the goal advancing the kingdom of God is still the goal so do your job we have all been called to go we have all been called to make disciples and here's the thing about disciples true disciples make disciples Who's following you? Who's following you? Who are you discipling? Who are you influencing? Who are you sharing this wonderful, glorious truth with? Whose life are you impacting? I am a product of what I am preaching to you about this morning. My younger brother Kyle became friends with a boy who lived a couple houses down 
that boy just happened to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Next thing I know, Kyle was baptized in Jesus' name, putting on a dress shirt and tie. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going tonight, church? I'm going to church. Why? I got a friend there. My mom became a friend of a follower through her work. Her cubicle was right next to the pastor's daughter of the Pentecostal church in town. And one by one, they picked off my family until they came to me. Roy and Patsy Life's sons, they befriended me before they ever taught me a Bible study. They became a friend. I became a friend of a follower. And I don't want to ever forget that. I don't want to ever forget that there is a purpose in my saving. The saving doesn't stop with Bryce Jones. But Jesus is trying to reach the people that I am connected to. People that I have influence over. So church, I ask you today, who is following you? Who is following you? Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this place? I feel the presence of the Lord moving upon our hearts and our minds right now. I hear him reminding us again of his commission. Go, go, go. Make disciples. Find, carry out my will. I've come to seek and to save the lost. I am the answer for those that feel hopeless. I am the answer for those who feel broken. And to those who his spirit has fallen upon and is indwelling upon our hearts, you have the answer to a lost and dying world. You have the answer to people that are running and searching, but they just don't know what they need. They don't know where to turn. And if in you, you possess it. You have it. Befriend somebody connects with somebody join yourself together with those that are lost find somebody become the church because that's what the church does thank you for listening to the landmark apostolic church podcast you can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the landmark family If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.